week before last, that was a powerful word. Where's Max? He's here somewhere. Uh, powerful word. Uh, and then Rose last week. Yeah. I, I talked to Rose, yeah. yeah. I talked to Rose about um, sharing the rest of the stones. And uh, she said she'd get back to me. She wasn't feeling too good today. So, But we're going to get to hear it in the future. Amen. It was great to get away. It's always awesome to know that this house has, has some amazing, amazing people in it that can stand up and share at any moment. And my wife and I are so appreciative of that. It makes a nice be able to get away. It's been a tough month. Man, just school, everything, everybody's struggling to keep people healthy and well. And, but we'll make it through this moment, right? Amen. Amen. We have a testimony in the house. I love starting with the testimony, man. You guys know this young man. Hello. Hello. Ooh, this is a new mic. Ooh, oh. got the green light. Ooh, there it is. One of the things Jesus says about prayer is keep on asking. <clears throat> I've been healed of allergies a number of times in the past, and this year they started coming back, and Oh, man, I hate allergies. These days, if you're sneezing or coughing, ooh, you know, you get the stink eye. People think you've got the dread disease. Uh, no, not that. <laughs> Anyhow, I, I've just kept on asking for prayer. And one day recently, boom, it was like, the faucet just turned off. It's over. Praise God. Woo! Woo! Hold on. Hold on. I believe when the testimony is released, there's power that's released yeah. as well. So if that's you, if you have an allergy or allergies and you want to be prayed for, stand up right now. Just well, Let's just do it. If that's you. Oh, yeah. Woo! Hold it till it's green. There you go. Jesus, you are the healer, and you said to ask, and keep on asking, and don't give up. Woo! And so we take total authority over yes. anything of the upper respiratory system, anything that's named allergies. Your name is the name yes, above every other you. name. Yes. Jesus, we take thank authority you, over any you, type of irritation with coughing, sneezing, mm -hmm. That nasty nose itching, coughing stuff. And you put everything into the universe for our blessing and for our benefit. And the things that are in the air this time of year are not a curse. They are made by you for your glory and for your purpose. And we thank you for them and we thank you for healing. Thank you, Jesus, by your cross and resurrection and in the Holy Spirit given till the end of time. Amen. Amen. Woo. Well, hey, I think we just had church. We can go home. We were in, uh, my son and I, um, most of you know my son, he's a contractor, and we were in Home Depot getting something when, when this whole pandemic thing started, and this guy who was helping us, one of the store clerks, he's down on his knees digging in this box for some electrical pieces, and he coughed. Instantly throws up his hands, and he goes, I don't have it. 
Oh, my goodness. Hey, how about those truckers up in Canada, eh? Yeah, farmers, cowboys. The Amish got involved in it. Yeah, yeah. They weren't in the convoy, but they were serving people. I just think that's amazing. What a heart. So, oh, my goodness. I actually have two introductions, and I'm just trying to figure out which one I want to start with. So I'll just peel one of these off and start there. A while back... I started a a little mini-series about the power of the gospel. And as we started into it, I kind of gave an intro into it, and then other things came along that were very pressing and very important. We had a moment where we dialogued and we talked through grief. That was a powerful moment. And a lot of us were processing grief and death and and other stuff that's happened around us. And, And it was, in my opinion, it was a very awesome, very sweet moment. Uh, Some other things came up, but I want to return to something about the power of the gospel that I really want to drive home. You know, the church, that is us. We are the church. We are the body of Christ. It's not this building. This building is simply where we gather, and I like it because it's warm in here. In the summer, it's cool. We could be outside in the heat. That's another story, or the smoke, but this is a great place for just gathering, but we You collectively, all of us, we are the body of Christ, right? And we have been given a mandate. It is a commission to serve as the body of Christ to influence all of the earth. We are Jesus' hands, we are his feet, we are his eyes, and we are his ears. And so much can be accomplished if you and I will totally yield all of our being to him. Amen? Not just one part of us, but our entire life, everything that we have within us. And as we yield that to Christ, there's a lot that can be accomplished by him through us. And guys, we are in a moment, and I've said this before, we are in this moment where the church has lost her influence in certain areas. And, and we're told that Christianity in this moment is a non-essential, or we could put it this way, Christianity is no longer relevant. It's not appropriate to our current time. Now, I meet with pastors once a month, and this was something that I've been hearing, is that they have this feeling. There's a lot of pastors around the country that have this feeling that that they're no longer effective, that they're no longer essential. And it's very, very heartbreaking and very sad to me to hear them share that, but At the same time, while there are some who feel that they're non-essential or they've been told that and they've bought into that and believe it, and they've actually shut and shuttered down their places of worship, that is a heartbreak to me. And I'm so gracious that we never did that. I'm so glad that we fought hard side by side to keep these doors open and to press through this hard season. Amen? And I want to say something, too. On the other side of that, there is revival. There is a resurgency of the glory of God, and it's manifesting here on the earth. You know me and my story. I'm a big, huge follower of Jesus, and I also love hearing about Mario Murillo and what he's doing. He had a huge impact on my ministry. You guys know that story. But he's on Highway 99. He's busting open doors. He's kicking down the gates. He's moving into areas that they just keep pushing more and more at you. Only if this happens, if that happens. They had this big field they wanted, and they said, the only way you can use it has to, has to be grass in there. 
You're talking in the desert down in Bakersfield where there's not a lot of water. And guess what happened? They planted grass and it grew. Beautiful, gigantic lawn. <coughs> and it just goes on and on. There's just story after story where people are being touched by the power of God. Mario's been a huge voice in fighting back against this thought that we're non-essential. You know, we can, we can blame and play that blame game and start blaming this and that, and that could go on for decades. But somewhere in our journey, the capital C Church took their eyes off the compass of God's word. And what happened is mission creep set in. Do you all know what mission creep is? It's where you have a company, let's say, and you start out making bumpers for 62 Henways. <clears throat> Just saying. He caught it. And then somewhere in the journey, all of a sudden, you're making pencils. Yeah, it's a what moment? What happened? Well, somewhere you lost focus on the original vision. You lost your purpose statement, and all of a sudden, you're doing something that's not even relevant to what you were doing before. And I think that's happened in the church. So what must we do in this moment for the church, the body of Christ, to regain the influence of Christ here in the earth? I think you and I have been given the answer, and it's called the gospel. And the power of the gospel is unbelievable if you can get your heart and head around, around that whole idea. You know, the gospel is the good news. It's the good news that God intervened on behalf of the humanity uh, in the person of Jesus Christ. The gospel rests upon the history of Jesus it rests upon his, his birth, his obedient life, his atoning death, even his physical resurrection from the dead and his ascension into heaven. All of it rests on the history of that. And in the end, he is the one and the only one that has what it takes to set all things straight and make all things new. Amen? That's the power of the gospel. And if we forget <clears throat> that you and I carry this good news and that the gospel remains the only ultimate hope for mankind, then we're in danger, guys. We're in danger of becoming just another social institution or some ideology out there seeking to make its voice heard in the world if we forget the power of the gospel. The gospel, I shared it in the past, is for every heart in the world and in, and in every moment in history, it has always been relevant. It has always been transformative. And it must always remain central and core to the very message that you and I carry. Amen? <clears throat> Paul said in Romans 1.16, he says, For I am not ashamed of the gospel. And I've watched, I've watched believers who get into a position where they're feeling the intense heat of people looking at them. And they kind of wither. But then you watch others that when they're in a situation where the gospel is the answer, they don't have a problem standing tall. And they do it in a way that's remarkable. They're not loud. They're not screaming. They're not in your face, shaking their finger at you. They're simply expressing and conveying God's heart for that moment. And I've watched that time and time again. I believe, like Paul, I am not ashamed of the gospel because it is the power of God that brings salvation to everyone who believes. You've got to get this around your heart, guys. You've got to let this really soak in that the gospel is the power of God that brings salvation to everyone who believes. So if they're telling you right now that faith is irrelevant, that's a lie. 
If there was ever a time to stand on faith, it's in this moment and in this season. And I'm telling you, those of you who stand in faith, God is well pleased with you. Amen? The word relevant, I wrote, has gotten a bad rap these days in the church. There are many Christ-professing communities who have spent a lot of their primary energies becoming these attractive and interesting and inviting places for people in their local communities. They have. And that in, that in of itself really isn't a bad thing. But listen, I wrote, but when our goal is to be deeply involved in the lives of people and we think that attracting them by being able to talk about current events in a way they care about is a way to win the world. If that's how we think, then we are grossly mis- mis- <clears throat> misguided, guys. Grossly misguided. If we think we got to take the gospel, the whole gospel, and chisel off parts and pieces so it'll fit their box or their paradigm, we are grossly misguided. We are grossly deceived. Do you hear that? And I've seen people take the gospel and whittle off parts and pieces so, you know, we don't want to offend them. We don't want to, we don't want to push our faith on them, so let's whittle this down so it's something that they can get their head and heart around. Let's whittle it down. No. The gospel is standalone. It stands completely alone. <coughs> I wrote the gospel <clears throat> remains the most profound, applicable, reliable, and accessible way to address the issues of our time. The gospel. It is the tool. Whether those issues are stirring in the hearts of individuals or they're being discussed in our halls of our social institutions, I'm telling you, the gospel remains the most profound thing that we bring to the table. Guys, we are in this incredible historic moment when, when it's, it's as if we are at this hinge point in history where there are so many disciplines being talked about. Whether you're talking, and, and being an educator, whether you're talking about fields of science or medicine or sociology or education, technology, even anthropology, the study of cultures and people, there are incredible changes right now taking place at an pr- unprecedented rate that's going to impact all of our lives and all of the world in this moment. Science is changing, isn't it? It's so crazy how they just relabel and move everything around within those boxes. But I'm telling you, regardless of the ideologies that are powering the changes in these different disciplines, as Christians, hear me. This is where I really want you to hear me, is we must be aware of and attuned to what is going on around us. I'm seeing too many believers just throw their head in the sand or only pick one little speck of something and they're missing everything else. But they hide their head in the sand in this moment. I don't want to hear it. La, 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 la. <clears throat> you guys know anyone like that? Just, just me and Jesus. I just want to sit here on the bench until the Jesus bus comes and I want to be raptured into eternity. Woo! And I'm good. But that's not what we're here for. I wrote, intentionally keeping our radar up, honing our ability to converse about a diverse range of topics. Guys, this needs to be cultivated. We need to understand the times. Meshach, Shadrach, and Abednego, the word of God says, these were young men who understood the times. They knew that they had something that was relevant to what the world needed at that moment, and it's called truth. And every one of you as believers, if you truly believe, you have within you that seed that's been planted, it's called truth. 
and you have what the world needs today. You just got to get bold and courageous and understand how relevant that truth really is to what's going on in the world today. <clears throat> I'm going to tell you, in, in all of this, to me, this is being relevant. If we understand the times, if we understand how the truth can fit in every one of those places, every one of those disciplines, I believe the truth of God can come in and put a great spin on it and bring health and, and vitality to those areas of discipline. And yet in all of this, you have to understand, we have to take a posture that the gospel remains the primary language that we as believers use as we navigate these waters. You know, we have probably different ways that we share it, different ways we talk about it. We all work in different circles of influence, different arenas of, of just engagement that we're involved in. And we all present the gospel a little bit different, but the message is still the same. It never changes. Amen? It is the power of God that leads to salvation. <clears throat> I wrote here, but we must keep the good news that God has intervened in the heart of humanity, in the person of Jesus Christ. We must keep all of that at the very core of our thinking. The gospel, guys, is the tool that you and I bring to the task. It is the weapon that we bring to the war, and it's the strength that you and I bring to the struggle that all of us are in. There is no other reason, hear this, there is no other reason given to mankind that will outlast, that will outsmart or outfit or outwit the gospel. There is nothing that man has that's going to outdo the gospel and the power of the gospel. There is no other message that's up to the task of winning the world by winning the human heart first. I'm telling you, if you can win the human heart first, then you change the motivation of the human heart. How many of you were on a road? Like Paul was on a road, right? He was on a road called Damascus, and he was on a journey, and he was going to take believers out. That's what he was about. He was wanting to kill Christians, and he was on this incredible journey, and all of a sudden, lightning hits and bolt, and God shows up, and he has this powerful God encounter, and God changes his heart, and it changed the motivation of his life. He turned and did an abrupt turn. He repented. He turned away from what he had been doing. He was following that with passion. And there's so many people in the world today that have this incredible passion for what they're doing. They're just misguided. And I just pray that they have a Damascus Road experience where all of a sudden they have an encounter with God and their hearts are changed and they're turned. And the motivation of their heart is now aligned with God and his intentions. That's the power of the gospel. One of the ways the gospel is always relevant for this moment and this time, and it has been for a millennia of time, is that it always names who our true enemy really is. <clears throat> and I'm watching the church today trying to figure out who's our enemy. Yeah, the church is, they're out there looking, it's that group, it's that people group, it's that ideology, it's this, it's that. No, the gospel names who our true enemy is. <clears throat> Max did a beautiful job of laying this out. But I'm just going to read it again, Ephesians 6. I'm not going to read it all because you guys know this stuff. But for our struggle is not against flesh and blood. Get that down, guys. We're not fighting against flesh and blood. <clears throat> but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the powers of this dark world, and against the spiritual forces of the heaven, heavenly realm. In other words, guys, there is a battle going on. Yes, this much we do know. I'm going to tell you right now, Jesus is not some hippie Jesus. Now, I came to Jesus during the hippie movement, and, and we always picture Jesus as this just, y'all come, it's just, 
It's okay. There is that aspect of Jesus. He's kind and he's gentler than anything we could ever imagine. But at the same time, Jesus is a warrior. And Jesus is a conqueror. And Jesus is a fighter. He's the one that's inviting us into heaven and all that chaos to take and grab hold of things and bring him in to the here and the now. But I'm telling you, this battle that we're in is not ultimately a political it's not ultimately a cultural, national, or even a philosophical battle. It's not. Do you know why Jesus came? People would say Jesus came to save the world of its sins. Yes, that's true. But 1 John 3.8 says the reason the Son of God appeared was to destroy the works of man? No, of the devil. That's what it says. It says the reason the Son of God appeared was to destroy the devil's work. That's why he came. And he's still doing that today. He wants to do that through us. Destroy the devil's work. Not go after human beings, but to go after the enemy. The, the spiritual darkness. Those forces that are out there. <clears throat> I wrote here, to battle with the enemy of our souls. The accuser, the devil. That's where Jesus went. And that's where he's going. And he was going there when he walked this earth. And he's going there even through his church today. And he wants you and I to be ready to stay positioned in him and postured against the right enemy, the true enemy, the enemy of our souls, the devil and his crispy minions. But when it comes to human enemies, hmm, I'm starting to meddle here. When it comes to the human enemies that we face in life and their schemes, and we've certainly seen this happen, there are enemies against humanity we have to realize what's driving them, but there are these, these enemies uh, of humanity, and they have these incredible schemes, but the gospel, if you read the gospel and you grab hold of it, it clearly shows how us, how uh, <clears throat> guides us as to how we are to engage them in this task and in this war and in this struggle that you and I are in. And according to Jesus, you know what it is? We're to love them and we're to pray for them. Oh, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. You mean that doesn't mean I, no, that doesn't mean that. It means we're to love them, we're to pray for them. That doesn't mean that we don't go into the heavens with, with a violent attitude in the sense of taking down and taking out what God has for us to fight with because there are prayers and there is, there is prayers for and, and against the darkness that people get violent in their prayer life. I mean, they go after it with extreme, just, oh, they're after it. And they're tearing down the strongholds and they're praying along those lines. That's, that's awesome. But we can't see that person standing in front of us as the enemy. Because <clears throat> Jesus said, you've heard me say it. Love your neighbor and hate your enemy. But I tell you, love your enemies and pray for those who persecute you. Oh, wait a minute. That's a game changer. Now I have to pray for that guy at work that's just driving me crazy? He's, he's out of his mind. He has these ideologies that make my blood boil. Are you kidding me, God? I have to pray for him? Yeah. He says, pray for those that persecute you, that you may be children of your Father in heaven. Now, there's a posture and idea. Guys, we got to get this right. There's so much chaos going on. There's so many things flashing before us. There's so many fights that we can get involved in. we got to do it right. And we've got to do it methodical and well thought out. And I think, I think we are in some of the most delicate times in society today. And there are many who are quick to name the enemy 
the others that are around them as the enemy, and they're quick to, to go on to the fact that they must be defeated. They must be marginalized. We've got to cast aside and push these people out of the way. But the gospel of Jesus, let me tell you something, guys, won't allow us to live there. Not the gospel I read. Or to share in the same motivations and actions of those who don't name Jesus as Lord. Nor are we to demean others with our language, whether it's in person, on a screen, on social media, and I say Facebook, Twitter, whatever. <clears throat> just, just saying. Guys, if you understand the gospel, we can't live there in that place of being hateful and wanting revenge. We can't. According to the gospel, someone who holds, like I shared earlier, an ideology that it seems in opposition to an ideology that I hold, okay, even if that ideology they hold makes our blood boil, that's not my enemy. That's not the person I'm at war with. That's not who I am at war with. And guys, if we name our enemy incorrectly, we can spend the rest of our lives and all of our energy fighting the wrong battle. And I believe that's a true waste. Yes, there are battles to fight, but we fight them on a spiritual plane because we are spiritual beings. Now, hear me out, please. <clears throat> There's a lot of you that are getting involved in a lot of things to do with uh, politics and, and political things. You're getting involved in governmental issues and stuff. And I think that's powerful because your motivations are correct because I know you guys. Your hearts are going there, going into that season and into that arena knowing that God is with you and that you're bringing God answers to world problems. Amen? Keep doing it. Keep doing what you're doing. Keep fighting the good fight because I want to believe with all my heart that you realize who the true enemy is. It's not that panel, that board, that group sitting around you. That's not your enemy. But it's the enemy is the evil that's behind that. And I believe that God is strategically placing men and women of tremendous faith in those places. And we need to pray for these people so that they can be the change makers happening in those places, bringing the truth of God's word, bringing the balance. And I know these people, and they can articulate truth in a way that's not... You know, if you don't repent, you're going to hell's board, panel. No, that doesn't work, guys. That's not being relevant. What, what is being relevant is being able to take the gospel, the truth of God's word, a divine word from God, download it into your heart and bringing it to the table and presenting it in a way that they go, oh, well, that's interesting. And it's a game changer. I encourage you to keep going there. Guys, the kingdom of heaven is a counter kingdom to the kingdom of this world. We talked about how the kingdom of heaven is pressing in and the kingdom of darkness is pressing back. That's the tension that we're encountering. But as kingdom citizens, we come to this battle with a tool and a weapon and a strength that is beyond what the world will ever be able to conjure. It's beyond anything the world can ever think up. It's a gospel of love that will stop the momentum of hate happening around us. The gospel of love. <clears throat> We can, we can be in opposition, but we can do it in a way that we bring the gospel of love. And I'm telling you, I have had many encounters on the streets where I've talked to and witnessed with people. And there was one guy in particular, I remember there was a brother with me, and he was just firing hard at this guy. And this guy finally said, stop. He said, I don't want to hear another word you have to say. But he put his finger at me, and he said, I'll listen to what you have to say because I can feel that you genuinely care about me. So when people 
don't want to hear what you have to say until they know you care. And when we can show people that we really genuinely care about them, we may not align with their ideologies, their philosophies, whatever, but we care about them. When they know that, they start to let their guard down, and we're able to minister love to them. You know, what I see happening in the world today, and it's very sad to me in the capital C world, is <clears throat> there's a failure of, of, of nerve. Some would call it a, a lack of courage happening, and, and it seems to be happening in, in, in churches around the country where they have just kind of given in. They've, they've lost this, this confidence in the intrinsic power of the greatness of the gospel. They've lost the sense that, and the thought and the notion and the hope that it actually is the answer to the world's problems. I've seen it happen. And I've seen believers walk away from the church because they're like, you know, I used to go to church, but I just, just ain't working for me. I just, don't, I just don't feel that that's the answer for today. It's just not relevant. Are you kidding me? That's why we share things like in his presence, everything changes, right? When Paul had that Damascus Road experience, do you think he was in the presence of God? Oh, yeah. Do you think it changed anything in him? Of course it did. Lit his pants on fire. Well, I don't know, literally, but... <clears throat> Guys, the gospel is what you and I bring to the table. Wherever we go, wherever we sit, whatever group we're with, it's the gospel that we bring to the table. The gospel, now remember... The gospel, if it's embraced by individuals, then we make up the society that will not only bring change, but quite literally, it will bring change that will last forever. The gospel. It's the only thing I know that will change a person's life forever. The power of the gospel. The gospel is what you and I bring to our city. It's what we bring to our town. It's what we bring to our home. It's what we bring to our community. But if we only bring, think about this, if we only bring good compassion, if we only bring just good social services, or even if we just bring a great love for children, all of these are a tremendous benefit to society, right? They're good things. But I'm telling you, if that's all we do, then we're embracing this paradigm that has an effect for only a short season, but lacks the power to save. Do you, do you hear that? We can go around doing all kinds of good things, but if we're not bringing the gospel to the table, then what we're bringing lacks the power that will only last for a short time. I want to see people's lives changed forever. I want to see people have encounters with God that will take them into eternity. Amen? Amen? If the gospel, I wrote, is not leading the way, then all our very best efforts and our best intentions end in the end will be remembered only as another noise, another agenda coming from yet another group of people or just another way of doing life. So do you want to do good? Or do you want to do great? I encourage you guys to read and get back into God's word. I'm telling you, the gospel works. The gospel works in regard to human justice. It answers all of the questions that you and I face. It truly does if you take the time to look and seek after that with all of your heart. The gospel works in transforming hearts. It transforms actions and it transforms lives that demonstrate mercy. When I run into a believer that's demonstrating mercy, I know they understand the gospel. Even when they're being yelled at, they have a way of navigating those waters 
without coming on court. Amen? Now, I know we all have our bad day at Black Rock. We have those moments. I get caught up in those moments. I'm passionate, and I get caught up. Ah! But watch your, watch your heart. The gospel works in bringing us to and holding our attention towards the plight of mankind. The gospel is and will always be relevant. Don't let anyone ever take that from you. I finished out with Satan will do everything he can to distract us from the power of the gospel because the gospel is Satan's kryptonite. Don't ever forget this. <clears throat> My dad told me a story years ago. It was, in, it was early in his walk, and he was... My father always had this propensity. I, I don't know what it was about, but just darkness and weird things would happen, and, and <clears throat> he, he just... I, I don't know the story behind all the story, but my dad said he was praying one night, and, and he said this demonic presence came in the room. He said it was like lightning and bolts, and, and, and he just said, I was terrified. And I said, well, what did you do? He goes, all I could think of was how powerful the gospel is and the name of Jesus. <clears throat> and I just kept saying, Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. And he said, whatever this thing was, it, sh it shrieked and screamed and did this Watusi flip, whatever, and poof, gone. Many of you are going to have encounters in the weeks and the months to come. And I'm telling you, the most powerful name that you can use to combat that is Jesus. He is the way. He is the truth. He is the light. He is life himself. And when you're feeling dad or feeling down and sad and, and having a bad day at Black Rock, call upon the name of Jesus. That is the truth. And that is the truth that's going to set your heart free from the bondage of just feeling depressed and down and cast down. And, and in this moment, the enemy wants to kick us while we're down. He wants us to hear, you're worthless, you're no good, you're non-essential, you're not important, you're not relevant, you're not appropriate for this time. I'm telling you, that's all a lie. If you're a believer in Christ, you have, in, you have within you the power to stand up against the enemy with all of your might and say, you go now in the name of Jesus and watch the enemy flee. Josh Schreidler, he's a, a, a Renco brother, a Renaissance Coalition. They're friends of this house. Uh, <clears throat> we're friends with them. Uh, he wrote this. He says, the truth of God is found in his word, the Bible. Hmm. And then he says, and if we... If we aren't willing to build upon that truth, then we aren't willing to accept the love and the hope that he has to offer us. That's powerful. Our lives should be so saturated with the love of God that we constantly yearn to read more, pray more, praise more. God is truth, and anything that is not of God will be left standing, will not be left standing in the end. Do you hear that? Anything that is not of God, not of God, will not be left standing in the end. He finished out with, Satan will try to distract you the second God's truth starts to attract you. So true. Friday night, we're going to have a freedom night here. And I'm so stoked about this. What, 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 what I love about this is it's, it's, it's a combination of people uh, uh, that have come together to, to see the power of God manifest it's not a formula. It's not a magic potion. It's nothing like that. We're just coming in faith with great expectation that God is going to show up. 
That's what the world needs today. <clears throat> it needs the power of God to manifest in the presence. I'm telling you, you read anything about Jesus. The book of John, John wrote that book. It's so powerful how he lays out, which I'll be sharing later, how he lays out these seven miracles. He doesn't put them in chronological order. He puts them in an order, and he's building on this theme. It's a powerful book. But his point is, is God, Jesus did these and performed these miracles for a reason. It was to show and demonstrate who he was. And I'm telling you, the world needs to see, I believe, signs and wonders at a whole nother level. And Mario Marilla's going after that with all of his heart. People are getting healed. Lame people are standing up out of chairs. People are walking. I've seen that with my own eyes. I want to see it again. And I'm hungry for that kind of move of God. So Friday night, we're going to be meeting here, and we're going to pursue. Rebecca Moran, this is so big on her heart. She's awesome. She's pursuing this, and she's just shaking all the trees, and, 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 and we're all in line with that. So we're going to see what God does. So this Friday night <clears throat> will be called Freedom Night, and we're asking you to bring people that you know, your neighbors and your friends who either don't know Jesus, have never experienced the power of God, are sick or lame and want to be prayed for, and we're just going to see what God does. Because I know we're two or more gathered. He is here in our midst. What time is it? Uh, seven o'clock. Is that right? Yeah, seven o'clock. Yeah, seven o'clock. Lewis is leading worship. We're going to have worship and praise. And I just, it's going to be a rocking night. It'll be church in a whole different way. Guys, <clears throat> tomorrow night we have intercessory prayer. <coughs> Excuse me. We have intercessory prayer going, which we do every Monday night. And I was thinking about this convoy of truckers. What if, I just want to propose this, what if we have a convoy of cars come out to the church to get on their knees to intercede and to pray for the power and the presence of God to show up? I'm telling you, the power of the gospel changes everything. Let's stand. I don't know if you, everyone in this room knows the power of the gospel. I don't know if everyone in this room absolutely is in love with Jesus. But if, if you want to know and experience the power of God, if you want to know Jesus, you want to know that power that saves, you don't have to worry about what's going to happen if I graduate. Am I going to eternity? Am I going? I, I, I want to figure this out, Pastor. I need help. I would love to pray with you. Maybe you're in a dark night of the soul where you're struggling, and you're like, I, I just need help. There are so many awesome people that will pray with you here. So I just want us to bow our heads for a moment, and please, and, and, and if that's you, I would like you to just raise your hand for a moment. Just raise your hand. If you're struggling, and you want to know the power of God, you need a touch from the Father, you need more, okay. All right. Yeah. Thank you, Jesus. Father, I, I just thank you for everyone in this room, God, but I thank you especially for those that are just crying out for help, that raised their hands. You saw who they are, God. And Father, I just pray that they'd have the courage to come forward at some point and, and we could speak to and minister to and lay hands on and help them navigate these waters. Father, in this moment, we need you more than ever, and we need the power that you bring, God. 
And Father, I pray that you encourage our hearts and show us the gift that you've given us is the gift that's able to change everything around us. Wow, in a powerful, meaningful, lasting way. And Father, I just pray that you would bless my brothers and sisters. I pray that tomorrow night you would flood this, this place with prayer warriors, God. That we would be willing to come and to pray not only for Friday night, but for the world and all around the world, God. For all the chaos and darkness, that we could come together and push that darkness back in the name of Jesus. Thank you, God. And Father, we just thank you now in Jesus' name. And we all said, amen. amen. I encourage you, if that's you, if you would just make your way forward, that'd be awesome. I'd love to pray with you. If not, if you could help pick up some chairs, that would be really, really cool. God bless you and have a great day.